Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 275 of Lave Radio, the show that talks about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Commander Phoenix Sapphire, Chief Archivist at Lave Station, and joining me in the Orange Sidewinder Bar for this episode, we have our Deputy Trade Attaché, Commander Souverine. What up? We have our Head of Health and Safety, Commander Idler Weiss, Ben Moss-Woodward. Now, Colin, have you put a bandage on your toe? Um, uh, no. Uh, we also have our Inhuman Resources Director, Commander Shan. Hello. What I want to know, Colin, is if your toe needs to be amputated, can we sell it on eBay? Are you offering uh, a toe amputation service as well, uh, Shan? I can I can do it very very quickly and very painlessly. You know what? At the rate this is going, I think I'd like to have it amputated at the neck. Um, Your toe amputated at the neck. Just sort of weird. That's what you got going. Uh, we also have in our background, uh, or even joining in, <laughs> our, our chief bar steward, uh, Commander Psycho Cow himself. Get it up, yes. Keep your feet off the bar and keep your nuts out my bowl. Bit scared now. We we also have joining us uh, Mac Winston. Hello. Now I know why Shan is called the Inhuman Resources Director. And you've only just worked this one out. Yeah, I'm a bit slow. <laughs> An Atrus fifty sixty. Oh, well, finally someone pronounces my name correctly. Pardon? <laughs> he, has, he has been practicing for three weeks. <laughs> tell, oh. that to us. tell that to Arsena. <laughs> I honestly was expecting a lot worse. I'm quite honored. Wow. I, I think that's the first. I mean, I think that's a neck the whole drink for that one, isn't it? I mean, but honestly, I, the last time I was on the show, Souverine just kept mispronouncing it. Tables, tables have turned. Mm. I, th- I think you've paid him off, Colin. I think there's been some bribery and corruption here. <laughs> We've also got to say hi to Commander Ventura, who is seen to be hanging about in the background as well. Um, just because Norman needs 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 the attention, I think. Um, right, if you wish you can join us live, I do believe we're hanging out in game somewhere. Maybe. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I I would be streaming, but I'm not because my bandwidth basically went off and said no and dropped about seventy percent of every everything I threw at Twitch or at Grant. So, mm-hmm. however, I am in Astrope, um, and at the moment I'm just I'm rescuing people from uh, Copernicus Observatory. Oh, excellent! That that is good news. Yeah, because those people. People do need rescuing, and that's I've enjoyed flying around there at the moment. Well, I mean, if if we're not getting into content already, 
I would like to wonder, what the hell have people been doing? These bastards have been sitting here for over a week, dying. They were attacked by Thargoids. And these poor bastards, are just sitting here going, will you please come and get me off this damn station? Well, if you take the um, JRN approach, they should have enough common sense to get out on their own without being told to stay put. It, it does raise the question of why isn't there a life pod for every single human on that station? Well, it could be like the case that is in the Maya system at the moment where there is a, a scenario where um, there is a megaship under attack by, uh, uh, by Thargoids and you've got to rescue the civilians by breaking out the hatches. Okay, that sounds fun. It is. Um, I made the mistake of trying to shoot out the hatches instead of hatch break them, uh, and so therefore I got attacked <laughs> by... Fine, I, I got a bounty on me by uh, basically the people I was trying to rescue, and then on top of that, the Thargoids attacked me. So I wasn't doing very well that day. But it is a good scenario. I would recommend people try it out. Well, I, ha- I was busy rescuing a whole lot of people when my ship crashed. Uh, or my, when my whole computer crashed, actually. Um, oh right! So it was a computer crash, not a. Yeah. Not a and then by the time I managed to get back, it, then network went down and various other things. Um, and then by the time I actually got logged in again, every single all hundred or whatever passengers I had on board had flounced and said, "You know, thank you very much for rescuing us. Now, will you please just get us off this bloody spaceship." Oh, they always That's complain. Inconsiderate bastards! No, they always complain. They, they. Um, I used to be able to get in get a whole load of them out, and then fly out there, and just as I was docking with the medical frigate, or the medical station, they were always there going, um, we're not happy, you should have been there faster, and I'm going, I don't think I can go any faster, do you want me to, my hand was hovering over the eject button, do we actually have an eject button for the for passenger missions? You can, and if you're quick, I'm told you can see the um, cargo pods disappear from your ship so if you mess up a passenger mission and they decide to abandon ship because you are such a poor bus driver um you can see them sean mm-hmm. would you like to jump into multi-crew and go third person camera and we can test this uh not <laughs> this not this week because i haven't got oh. my um hotel set up at the moment at all it's been reprogrammed so Oh, Grant can if he's wanting to, I suppose. I, I can what? Sorry? Well, in the, in the meantime... Um, what, you could, what we could do one week, sorry. <laughs> sorry so, say sorry to Colin, not to me. No, no, no. Just, I just have to say, because this is a genius idea. What we need to do is make the passengers eject and then see if we can blow them up when they come out of the ship. I see. You want to be in no, the I do want your passengers. I take them to one of those outposts that's 300,000 light seconds away from anywhere and dump them there. That's, that's about normal for you, though, isn't it? Oh, no, that's normal for Shan. I'm beginning to worry about you, Mac. Ah, yes. If, if, if you are going Shan on us, I think, I think we all need to worry. I'm only learning from the best. Thank you. <laughs> Mac, I think your punishments are not cruel enough. You have to drop them off at Hudden. Yeah, the only trouble, that's kind of punishment for me as well. Yeah, Except well, I, I mean... If I get the free anaconda, then, then I suppose that's a... Ah, uh, it's not free. It's 100 credits. Oh. That's a common misconception. I'm quite sure Grant will agree. Although, 
isn't Cubicle 3 getting a bit overstuffed with people being dropped off for punishment? Uh, Star guards are back, they'll eat them. <laughs> yeah, that Cubicle 3 will never not be some kind of punishment, even just using it by choice. Hang on, but some I, I, people I, use it by choice. I, I believed that the uh, free anaconda, uh, according to some rumours I'd seen, had been oh. upgraded to a. Um... Yes. Uh, well, I'm back in. I'm Correct. actually back in game um, after. I think. Well. I'll just finish off this bit. Um, if you can't get to us in-game, you can also join the Twitch chat channel, because nobody gave me a chance to explain about this, uh, which you can access through laveradio.com slash live and click on the live chat, or go to twitch.tv slash laveradio. Right. So what we'll do is we will go around everybody, see how they've been doing for the last week or so, and uh, see what exciting things they've been up to in-game. So we'll start with Ben this week. How are you? Uh, I am actually sitting here with tissues banged up my nose and things like that. But apart from that, I feel fine. And I'm kind of high on um, cough, cough medicine and paracetamol and lemsip and coffee. But, oh. So I'm good. Um, I went to see Jojo Rabbit over the weekend and I, I loved it. And I can, yeah, I, If you want to see... Hitler skipping through the woods. Go and watch it. Uh, but it also has an incredibly serious side to it as well. And the seriousness of what it's doing just kind of sneaks up on you because you're too busy laughing so hard. Then you suddenly realize, oh, fuck. Yeah. You, and that you just shouldn't happens. be laughing at that. Yes. <laughs> you suddenly uh, it's realize. It's a very, very good film. Really liked it. Mm-hmm. Commander Shan, how have you been then? I've not been doing too badly. As I say, I've, I've, I've patched. I found that my HOTAS was having issues, so I'm having to redo the controls at the moment. I've, I've got the keybinds saved off, because like a good boy, I saved off my keybinds for mm-hmm. patching. Um, it's just that the it was, it's ghosting a little bit, so I might need to just reinstall the drivers on it. But anyway, that's... Just a minor, just a minor thing, really, on that. Um, so, in game, what I've been doing, um, been moving my ships to um, back to my home system. Um, they were scattered all over the place in the various um, community goals and interstellar initiatives that have been going on. So, I've kind of like consolidated them in one place. Um, in real life. Uh, I need to think what boring things am I saying today. Oh, yeah, my, my car had its first service today, um, which is quite cool because they, they now send a video of them inspecting the car, saying this is your car and this is how much tread the tyres I'll have on it. So you get a little video of, of, of the car, which I thought was quite cool because I suspect it stops a lot of the... Um, Complaints people have is you didn't inspect this or you said it was this and whatever. But I thought it was quite a nice touch to get a little video of them doing a car, which sounds an awfully sad thing to do, and it probably is, but simple things. Excellent news. Um, okay, Commander Silverine, how are you? Um, very well, thank you. Um, I uh, What have I been doing? Um, I'm super busy, really, really busy, which means I have not really been able to um, play in play it in the elite 
um, which has been a bit of a shame. Uh, I played a little bit today after the patch dropped, um, which was uh, super fun. Just um, did a little bit of trading um, in my local systems. Um, and um, I'm looking forward to testing out the uh, conflict zones now that they've been uh, um, patched. And apart from that, I've been um, uh, working a lot over the last week. We had um, we had our, my new sister-in-law. Fuck, that sounds weird. Um, over for supper with her chap on um, Saturday, which was really fun. Um, opened a nice bottle of wine, and they hung about until about midnight, which was uh, quite late for us. Um, and um, then I had a, a mate over um, for supper and for work stuff on Thursday. And apart from that, I've not got anything to talk about, really. Um, although today we did publish, um, we have just published the fifth issue of um, Parallel Worlds, uh, the other magazine I work on as well as Sagittarius Eye. Um, and uh, I received the print copies of that um, today and they look bloody lovely. Um, so Grant, your issue is winging its way to you now and um, any other patrons will be getting theirs tomorrow or the next day, I imagine. Um, and I'm going to hop into London tomorrow to to drop some of the copies off at the stockists that we've got there. Um, so uh, it's definitely the best one we've ever made. Um, so I've, I've spent today, um, the first half of today, um, stressed and anxious because I was waiting for them to arrive and the second half in delirious um, happiness because they look so flipping awesome. Um, so yeah, that's me really. Well, the one thing I did want to ask about that parallel worlds um is that i know that you do a, a podcast that, that matches it um the only problem that i have is i can't i can't seem to find it using my usual podcatcher um uh i know i can find it on google but i can't seem to find it on um ooh, on uh, pocket casts which is a bit of a shame right okay i'll um i'll, I'll speak to peter our uh, our very own wobblespoon is our um is our podcast um, head-on show? So I'll um, I'll speak to him and see uh, see how easy it would be to get on there as well. We are on Spotify and um, iTunes or whatever it calls itself now, and um, a few mm-hmm. other bits and bobs. Um, sorry, what was that name again? Uh, a Pocket Cast. This is just a generic Android um, podcast. podcast cat- catcher, if you like. Cool. All right. Just, te- just telling you because it's one of the most popular ones on Android. Yep. Just okay. tell you might know. <laughs> I know nothing about podcasts at all. Absolutely nothing. I was just like, guys, we ought to do a podcast. That's that was the extent of my input, basically. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we'll move on to Mac. How have you been for the last week, then, Mac? Oh, pretty good. We got uh, the Orion Expedition launch from Beetlejuice on Sunday night, and we had much fun with instancing. Uh, Try as we might, we couldn't get everybody into the same on-planet instance on Beetlejuice 2. I've, I've never known it to be that difficult, but yeah, we, we struggled. We tried everything. We could never do it. But when we when we went to do the mass jump, we had no trouble in space. Everybody got in the instance, and we uh, we had an absolutely spectacular mass jump, which was... Uh, which is brilliant. So we're all we're all headed out to the first waypoint, which is which is kind of a buckyball run because it's fifteen. It's a it's a week and it's fifteen thousand light years out. So we have to kind of get a move on to it to all make it there. So I, I'm actually doing that right now. I'm I'm flying this expedition on my alt account because uh, he needs to get his exploration elite. So 
to get to um, get access to Ganker's Paradise, Shinrata Desra. So, um, yeah, working on that. And I have just, like, literally this moment, as we started, found a notable stellar ph- phenomena. So that was my first discovery of the expedition so far. So, actually, two notable was, stellar phenomena. What was notable about it? I haven't dropped in it. I've just scanned the system. So I'm just going to take a look at it now and uh, see see what exactly see what exactly we have. Um, so actually, if you want a bit of excitement and a buckyball, you could tell everyone the system. And, and then see if was, they can turn in the data before I do. Yes. No, I'm not going to risk it. There's a chance that somebody might fly through it anyway, uh, because probably uh, I suspect the, the bulk of people will be flying more or less a straight line due to the distance rather than going off in weird directions. Um, but yeah, I, 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 want, I want to turn it in first. But yeah, other than that, um, I've uh, the, the weather's been absolutely terrible here. Uh, we've so I've been doing. Like on the weekend, I don't think I left the house once on the weekend. The weather was just so dreadful. And then yesterday we had gale force winds and we had a, a bin lorry went in a ditch and all sorts of stuff happened. So, um, yeah, it's mostly indoor activities. I did get, I did on, on the weekend, I did get a uh, PCB designed. I'm, I'm building a, um, a, a direct digital synthesis oscillator for a radio so um that's probably all i need to say about that but i did, I did get the pcb sent off to the uh to the fabricator so hopefully i'll get get those back to solder up in a couple of weeks as well so yeah that was that was basically me okay um commander psycho cow happy new year nice to see you what have you been up to? Happy New Year! I've just been monitoring the stream just there, so I was a bit uh, double voices going in my head, so I'm feeling a little bit, well, pretty much like normal, because that's pretty much what my normal existence is like. Just voices in my ear, uh, all telling me to do things I don't want to do. No, I don't want to. No. I thought that was the voices in your head. I think they are. Not the voices in you. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm really sorry to ask this. But it has to be done. The bathroom? Yeah, it, it, it still exists. Um, <laughs> do you know that game Flux? If you think about it like that, it's kind of done and it's also not done at the same time. And if no one looks... Are you telling me this is Schrodinger's, Schrodinger's bathroom, bathroom then? Yes. <laughs> it also either needs flushed and doesn't need flushed. Um <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh no, no, that's just put a mental image in my head now. No. <laughs> now, I did um, take part in. Oh, Craig, we had a number of things going over the last couple of weeks. So, of course, we had the massive showstopper Hutton Truckers show, the Muggies, uh, on the 2nd of January. And there was a ton of work went into that and the run up to it and then on the night. And that was oh, great fun. That was such a laugh. Um, and before that, we had the Geyser uh, Rodeo that uh, Chris Whitham or Rampage had uh, arranged. Um, and I was there uh, in my little SRV getting blasted up into the air and seeing who could get the highest. Uh, and that was a load of fun. Although typical elite gameplay where you rush like a maniac to the geezer that's going like a mentalist. And uh, as you get there and jump into it, the damn thing dies off and you look like a plonker. But that's kind of normal. 
and uh, I'm also getting ready for the next big trucker event which should kick off Thursday I think um, not sure what the acronym is I've heard a few different versions of it a miss hot mist um, various different ones so I'm not sure what it actually the the final one is um, but they are going to deliver a mug to every market in game every station every outpost with a market 57,000 of the buggers. Hang on, there's 57,000 stations in this game. With marketplaces. Oh, that we know of. of. Yes. Of course, yes, because there's Raxler as well, isn't there? Obviously. So, um, th that's their, their big plan, and of course, uh, Antares Fusion and the Hutton Helper have uh, done his bit to log all of this and make it possible to create a beautiful page on the hut for the mug hot dot for the mug dot com page so you can track and see what's been done what needs done but as I say the details are all coming together and um eh, well it'll be interesting to see how quickly they get this one done but I think you know like the 80 days around the verse um project. Uh, if anybody looked at the heat map for the commander locations on the star map video that shows how it's progressing day to day hour to hour um, and if you yeah. watch that you get all the different things like the elite logo and stuff in the past little words, someone wrote elite and things uh, on the star map. Lots of clever little stuff and then as you get close to the last sort of three months you start to see this perfect circle forming around the bubble and then it's as bright as day, and that's the kind of shit. Sorry, my my French. That kind of shit's amazing. That's the kind of thing that brings people to your game because they get excited at that kind of level of detail. Do you not think that uh, Frontier should have something like that uh, on the main Elite website, just showing the location of all commanders in game at any moment, just to show a kind of like hot map of where all that is? Well, including all the all the wanted ones. Well, you know, where, where you could actually and, and unwanted. I think unwanted should be a new status, so that you can mark commanders as unwanted and avoid them like the plague. Okay, but how would you decide whether they un if they're wanted or unwanted? Well, when, is there like okay. an arbiter for this? Well, is I there a so. voting system? What <laughs> well, referendum? I, think, I mean, I've not put much thought into it. To be honest, I just came up with it two seconds ago. But I would imagine that the wanted system would do based on crimes, and the unwanted would be based on um, inappropriate docking and uh, boring activity. Well, that puts all the hunting truckers into the unwanted category. Hmm. I'll work on this. Mm, definitely. But, think it's to be good. honest, that sounds about right, Grant. How many people would actually want our trucker? Well, this so is do you think, then, if a player is labelled as unwanted, um, they should have their name changed to something like Jeffrey or something like that? Or even Stephen. You could rename them Stephen, couldn't you? Got Brexit. You, you could rename them Stephen, yes. Oh, that was another bit of news, sorry. On my way back from London, I, I went through Stevenage this week. You on actually purpose. went through Stevenage? Yes, on purpose. I've got to have a good bit of Stevenage. <laughs> right. It, it, it's a little bit like um, 
Milton Keynes, but worse. <laughs> <laughs> that bar is quite high, actually. What, what? you like? You like Milton Keynes? No, I mean, for somewhere to be worse than Milton Keynes, it's got to be. It's got to be pretty ordinary. It's got to be. Well, well, it, you know what? That's I, just reminded. It's just uh, reminded me of the of the the, the bland night out in in Delhi. Where a whole lot of guys go out for what's the blandest thing in you that on the menu? <laughs> blandest town in the blandest town in the in in Britain. Well, well that's oh, oh, it's not bland. I mean, the standard attire in uh, in Stevenage seems to be the hoodie. That's the, stand, that's the standard attire everywhere. Not not where I'm from. Oh, I'm sorry. We don't. Oh, you come walk from these in. posh places. Yeah, it's 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 the it's Shannon is is three-piece suit. I almost said sweet then for some reason. I don't know why. But yeah, it's 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 an interesting place, Stephen. Um, oh, command to skank hunt, hunt to... I, I'm trying to get into Malthus Terminal and Commander Skank Hunt 102 just came out at the uh, of the terminal at just the wrong moment. And I've got a sneaky suspicion with the name of Skank Hunt. Um, he might you be... You have uh, to be really careful how you pronounce it, Max. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yes. Um, basically, I had to just back my T10 out of the... Uh, out of the docking bay. Although, to be honest, I think I could have won a, a, a tug of war or, or push of war at that one quite easily. So, um, of course, we also have with us Never Say It Again, Please, The Censors Are Tripping. What? Stop saying that, please. Stop, Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! It could be worse. Could have the first name Mike. Anyway, well, Mike HS fifty sixty hasn't had a go yet. So let's all welcome Atrus fifty sixty and ask him how he's been, shall we? Politeness, Atrus. Uh, I'm doing very well. Uh, finally, getting some time to get back in game. Currently out in uh, Tegeta, Titan's daughter, to help the hive fight off supposedly another Thargoid incursion, uh, well, infestation rather, to prevent incursion. And, uh, yeah, uh, countered a rather interesting bug with this update, which I'll talk about later. I don't want to dive right in just yet. Yeah, because there's an awful, well, there's, there's not a lot, but, um, yes. I think I'm grateful, and we wait months and months and months for a patch, and then one one turns up. It's oh, is that it? Oh, we should be grateful for every single piece of fatty, gnarly soup that Frontier give us. You know what? I think I might put out a protest video. A protest video. Not, okay, yeah. go on. I might do a protest video just for it. I might even see if I can get an online petition about it. Uh, about what? The fact that they've got a patch of well, a patch. I think it is absolutely bloody disgusting that uh-huh. Frontier went off and had a beta and wasted all that time when they could have just released it and we'd have had it all done. And, you know, they wasted all this time and effort doing a beta, fixing the bugs, 
And then you know we had to wait until after, after Christmas. We're going to be how many how many crewmen's lives could have been saved if they released this early? Won't somebody think of the crewman? I don't care about that. <laughs> there is a surprise, Shan. But how yeah. actually? That's uh, all right. We'll talk about the crew members when we come to the patch notes. We can move on. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, we can't we can't use Stevenage because it's spelt wrong. It needs to be a PH, not a V. Ah, that's just details. Yeah, but it, it's the wrong. It's Steven C N Steven is the wrong name. He, he spelt his name wrong. Shut up, you English twat! <laughs> you should. You should. Because how else can we make Stephen jokes about Stevenage? Unless he changes his name. And the thing is, with the pH, you can't have that huge green tick in the middle. I mean, it's just, it's just not really. Oh, yeah. With pH, you can measure acidic, how acidic or alkali something. Oh, yeah. Great thing. Stevie's got a very very arty looking tick with the V on the sign as you come out of it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you may, and this may come as a surprise to you, but um, people don't want to talk about the patch. They want to talk about other things, which kind of shows you how much enthusiasm they've got for the patch. Can we talk about Stephen? We always talk about Stephen. We talk too much about Stephen. Stephen ended up very, very drunk because he said he'd want to go, he'd, he'd match every time he mentioned the word Stephen, he'd take a drink. Yeah, but is, is the Stephen, if when we say Stephen, is he counting us when we say S-T-E-V-E-N or S-T-E-P-H? Because if he's counting the P-H bit, he's not going to drink as much as if he thinks we mean... I think he's a, he's a kind of phonetic guy. I mean, did you did you hear what he did for us um, hunting truckers for the muggies? Actually, I didn't. What did he do? Well, let, let's just see if you can... I'll, I will play a little clip and see if you can make out... Uh, this is a clip from uh, the new... Uh, based on uh, Rabbi Bum's poetry, actually, to be honest. It was... Uh, to, to be honest... <laughs> Rabbi Bum's. Rabbi Bum's. Um, an oh, ancient, bu- we uncovered... <laughs> <said> Rabbi Burns. <laughs> we uncovered uh, an ancient uh, poem written by Rabbi Bum's um, called Fare Thee Well, Sweet Mug of Mine. And apparently we reckon this is what Dan Smith, uh, or Commander Human, based the uh, anthem for the mug on. Um, but if you have a listen... And see if you can see if you can make out a number of um, amazing commanders take part in that uh, beautiful uh, orchestral production anthemic church song uh, or, or the, the For the Mug Hymn and you may have just made out that the first voice to sing was Mr Benedetti himself or should I say Stephen hmm. PH no P I do remember I do like what Commander Lennon said he sort of said dearly beloved we gathered here today <laughs> <laughs> it has got that ring to it. 
that was what we were going for. It's uh, written in, in the words, as I say, of the uh, infamous uh, Rabbi Bums, who, who unfortunately was also alive at the time of Rabbi Burns, and unfortunately Rabbi Burns' popularity condemned Rabbi Bums to uh, history. And if you don't believe that, well, screw you. <laughs> well, you, cer- you certainly learn something new every day. I didn't realise we, we had enough culture for two poets, to be honest. <laughs> so, um, moving on. Um, so, as you've probably been aware, there has been a patch today. The big January patch. Um, and already there has been complaints, there's been whinging, and most of the problem seems to be along the line of... Um, the FSS, so the uh, uh, the, the good old uh, exploration scanner. Um, does anybody know what the problem is with the exploration scanner? I know from reading about it. I don't know from first-hand experience. Mm. Uh, but from reading about it, because I, I am firmly in the bubble and not places where I haven't been before, because mm-hmm. um, it, it does seem to only affect places where uh, people haven't been before. Yeah. When you're scanning a system, one of the changes that they made, this this whole, well, we might do this, we might not do this, test that they asked us about in the beta was a new way of identifying the planets based on what was about and what felt like machine learning stuff to me, but it may not be. So... Um, it, so- Ben, if you've never been to space, Stevenage, what's the what's the effect of this bug? Can you sort of like uh, inform if us I, that? If I had never been to space, Stevenage, then I could go to space, Stevenage, and I would scan the place, and my frame rate would plummet. My I would jitter and I would jutter, and I'd pretend it was like the nineteen sixties. Just like going to the real Stevenage, then. Well, I might be jiving. Um, Actually, that, that's a bit generous, isn't it? Oh. But anyway, once, I, once I've eventually gone off and done all the probability on the planets, then apparently it, it stops juttering and jiving and comes back to you and everything's fine again. Uh, but the good news is that Frontier have figured out the problem and release a, well, and will be releasing a patch tomorrow, I believe, to, fix, yeah. to release that. There was another bug, wasn't there, that I just read people talking about was uh, stuttering. That's the same yeah, one. That's it's, it's, it's related. It's just the, it, it basically stutters. Every, it's not just in the FSS. It's like just I just entered the system now, and it's got a few landables in it. So uh, basically the frame rate was horribly stuttery and uh, kind of slightly headache-inducing in VR, possibly vomit-inducing for some people. Um, but, yeah, it, it's... It's not a smooth experience anymore. Although, on the other hand, there is uh, looking for the upside on this is you can instantly tell whether there's anything worth scanning in the system because uh, if if it doesn't judder, you know there's no landable planets. So, right. without yeah. even having to start the FSS, you can tell just by what your frame rate does. <laughs> <laughs> so, there's actually now three ways to find uh, <laughs> to find useful planets. You can wait for the you can wait for the thing to resolve and to uh, to find out exactly where the things are. You can use the likelihood system, or you can just wait for the frame rate to plummet. 
Yeah. Lovely. <laughs> okay. Um, well, just going through, I mean, we went through some of this um, last week, um, but the big, the, the big three takeaways from this patch are effectively new stuff for the BGS, uh, and obviously the uh, new exploration mechanics, which we've been, uh, which have obviously had this knock-on effect. And then the big one I think everybody was really happy about was the fact that you can save your crewmen. Well, everyone except Shan, because basically he liked executing crewmen. Well, I've got, well I'm going to be a bit serious about this. Um, is with saving the crew members, it is no longer any point in having more than one crew member. True. So if you've been busy leveling up your three elite crew members and tried to choose one that doesn't look like a um, deformed Wayne Rooney or anything like that, then you can you basically have no benefit for having three crew members anymore. Um, because you haven't got you don't need an insurance for one of them getting killed. True. The, the other thing about it is they have increased, I believe, the amount of rebuy you pay for a crew member. It's up to, I think, two million for an elite crew member. Correct. Yes. Now, personally, I wouldn't pay two million for an elite crew member. They're not worth it because in my testing a while ago, what tends to happen is they get really good when they are about competent, dangerous. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of them have a lobotomy between dangerous and even elite in that they, the AI just seems to go funny and they don't shoot the stuff accurately and they don't use the uh, pips um, properly. So it's almost like they have a lobotomy. So if you have an elite crew member, make sure you blow your ship up with it in and don't rebuy it back. Kill elite crew members. Too expensive, not worth it. So save them at dangerous. Yeah. Okay, interesting. And can you really put a price on friendship for Shan? Think of all the experiences you've been through with that crewman to get them up to elite. Yeah, but you've got to remember, Shan doesn't bond with his crewmen as long as like other commanders do. You know, there, there's been a f- quite a few commanders who are very upset when, obviously, they've been ganked and lost their crewmen. I think Shan would bond with his crewmen. If, you know, if he was out in a desert planet or something like that, he would happily sacrifice his crewmen so he has something to eat. <laughs> well, yes. That, that obviously, you've not looked up the word bond in the dictionary, then. <laughs> no, if, if my crewman had died... Well, that's formed I'd part of my... Funeral. You hold a funeral? I'd hold a funeral. I was... I, we got close. I mean, we'd, we'd done the Minerva Centaurus expedition together. Uh, we have, we've been to the 0% Club. We, we've done all this stuff. You know, we, all these shared memories, you know, I'd have to have... I'd, it it'd be absolutely terrible. It'd be crushing. I'd have to have a funeral. I mean, Mac, would you would you pay two million to have your crewman back? Absolutely, in a heartbeat. So it's it's just heartless, Shan. That yes. we we, could, we should just ignore. 
Actually, I think no, a useless money sponging. Haven't we agreed that Shan's opinions on money are to be totally re- disregarded? Well, yeah, because he's like the 0.001%. Exactly, yeah. But the fact I care about two million credits and wasting it is evidence probably that why Christmas Carol was probably about you. Which uh, it says you should also probably join the East India Company. <laughs> I've, I've now got an image of, of Shan. He's got he's got Bob Cratchit as his crew member. Who's <laughs> flying to make sure Tiny Tim can still? Yeah, eat. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> can I have Christmas Day off, please, Shan? <laughs> no. I want you in at eight a.m. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shall we rename you Commander Shag Commander Humbug? <laughs> no, I, it's just, just being logical. There's just no point of having more than one crew member now. And um, I've, I've well, leveled enough of them up. I've leveled enough of them up to know they have a lobotomy once they get above a certain point. And that's you know weird. Yeah, that, that's weird. I mean, you would have thought that they would have constantly improved past dangerous. I mean, did, did they just decide to commit Harry Carey by throwing their fighter into a, into a Thargoid or something? No, it's, it's like, okay, the, the, the way I can, the, the analogy I can give is your NPC crew member, they were like a, a really good smuggler in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And so they go through lots of adventures and they a successful smuggler. And then they join the Imperial Academy and become a stormtrooper. And, and that is what it's like. I don't know about my elite crew member is, I mean, Seymour is a really good shot. I mean, he's really good with those fixed weapons. Well, it's not so much the accuracy of them, although they're, they're pretty poor mostly it's the fact they don't seem to be as switched on to threats and targeting it's like i have to go attack and they're like got attack and then keep eventually they'll wake up and do it whereas at lower ranks they just say yeah go get them it's like they they reach a lee and thinking i'm not going to get any more combat ranks so why bother no mine follows my orders just fine But then again, you probably treat your crewmen as actual, you know, rational human beings, not pieces on a ch- chessboard, shall we say? Well, quite. I mean, occasionally, uh, I, uh, one thing I won't have to do now. I did occasionally hire crew members as cannon fodder if I if I, if I was going into a community goal system or something like that. Um, <laughs> I've done that. I, I would I just hire an ex. I, I wouldn't take I wouldn't take my 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 liege Seymour uh, Gregorian. I would I would just hire some random expert. But I never killed any of that. I never got any of those killed either. They they all survived the experience. I just I just hired them for a few trips just in case. Yeah, just to provide a distraction in case I got interdicted or something. You see, but that isn't that mean in itself. Oh, yeah, you just go into battle and suffer the trauma of getting blown up just so I can sit back and not do any and ignore you. Isn't that yeah? I like using this cannon fodder anyway. 
well, uh, not, not my main one. Like my main, I've I've had that crew man for I I've, I mean I've taken good care of my crew. And have you asked them to fill in a satisfaction survey? <laughs> well, <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. Would you Would you recommend Commander McWinston to your friends? I mean, they've been paid enough. I think my current one's up to about half a billion now. Apparently, there are a lot of people asking on the on the chat boards or about who is Harry Kerry. <laughs> He's the brother of. Um, you're trying to Don put Kerry. a royal joke in. You're, you're struggling, aren't you? <laughs> no, I, I have not mentioned the royal thing at all. Although my NPC crew members have expressed a wish to be independently wealthy now. <laughs> You make them independently wealthy. Uh, yeah, I mean, the fact they've actually, in total, my crew members have made 19.5 billion credits between them all is, I think they deserve, they can get treated how they like. <laughs> uh, Jonathan Teatime has made the observation as for working for Commander Shan seems similar to working for the company in the Aliens universe. <laughs> his, his point being absolutely correct <laughs> it means you'd make a good CEO of Wayland Yutrani Yutrani yeah Yutrani yeah uh, that was a first that was a decent crack at it come on <laughs> yeah it wasn't bad yeah I mean it wasn't it wasn't a correct reading of a name um, no, but considering we've the accepted that that's too much to hope. Only when it sounded English, it, it was you know. <laughs> you all know gibberish is my first language. Anyway, <laughs> so um, uh, now that we're all sorted about the crewman thing, um, obviously there's the background simulation things. Uh, Although someone has already pointed out that uh, there may be an issue with uh, some of the commodities which are um, not being restricted or nerfed, they're just being normalised, I think. Balanced. Didn't we call it a balance pass last week? Because um, Randall Calrissian has said that there's uh, an issue where uh, they, him and a friend were mining and they took... Um, night back to the station one of them saw it going for uh, 923,000 credits per ton while the other person saw it going at 623,000 per what? ton so hold on so pricing in stations is is account specific it did seem that something was odd there yes oh, were they so docked shit. were they docked at the same time Doing that, um, or had one already done the transaction before the other one started? Because I think the idea is that basically, when the transaction's over, then it'll be adjusted. So, I mean, I have to check this. We'll have to do some experiments on this. But uh, basically, if the second guy turned up a few minutes later, then the price could have already changed. Yeah, um, they have submitted it as an issue for investigation. So we'll just have to wait and see whether or not um, it is the, uh, oh, for goodness sake, the all these um, appropriate commodities, which are Alexandrite, 
Oh, come on. That has got to be a Stephen Benedetti, isn't it? Benny Tutite. I'm sure they've put half of these things in just to wind me up. Well, there's low-temperature diamonds, monzite, mustard gravite, painite, rod plum site. Can you say that one again, please? <laughs> no. Oh, come on. Just one more time. <laughs> Did I really hear Rodden Plumsite? Rotherham. <laughs> <laughs> Rod and Plumsite dot com. Rotherham. I know I sp- I know I mispronounced uh, that one, but no way did we go to Rotherham. That's almost as bad as Stevenage. <laughs> no, nowhere is as bad as Stevenage. <laughs> I was gonna say Stevenage probably makes Rotherham seem pretty up class to be honest. <laughs> Apparently, according to Google, um, and also actually according to the Stevenage Comet newspaper, um, <laughs> some someone who lives in Stevenage is called a Stevenageite. So I'm just wondering, is that a mineral that's been uh, stored? Benito is a rare blue barium titanium. Christ, oh for God's sake, Christology, oh no. <laughs> Anything more than four syllables I've got a problem with. I think that, I think that's my limit. Um, Local 3OS has come up with a new mineral, which yeah. I think Carol would be interested What, unfinished bathroomite? <laughs> Tylite. <laughs> Cannot pronounce it. Yes, thanks. <laughs> you know your four syllable uh, theory. Yes. Well, Mac is only one syllable. <laughs> <sighs> so I think it, I think we might need to lower the <laughs> to lower the cutoff point. Is it not just <laughs> stupid names that you have problems with there, Colin? What you mean, like Sovereign? Yeah. Sovereign. Absolutely perfectly (laughs) correct. I shall ignore that. (laughs) Uh, Right. Well, after that that demonstration of my disability... Have we we actually tested the changes to the, the sale price of mining... Minerals. Yeah, that, no, that's what Mac was saying that they're going to have to do. Because yeah, one of the things we talked about last week was uh, if you use EDDB, mm-hmm. you can then quickly pinpoint stations that have the highest price and go to them. And it won't really make that much difference to the um, total amount of people that can sell to because now it then may take them three or four extra jumps to get to a place. So I'm just be curious to see how volatile and how distance has affected the prices going forward. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's been an awful lot of jumping up and down in the forums that they're they're calling this a nerf and uh, that's the end of mining and, you know, the usual... The usual salt generation. The usual overreaction. Yeah, I, I mean, so. what will happen is, I, I, I think what the probably the biggest upshot will be that it'll mean EDDB is a bit 
less it, it'll be a bit less easy to find because the thing is by the time you found a good price in eddb someone else will have taken advantage of it and the price will have changed mm. could so, somebody um the, could somebody the, explain to me what the what the change is because the, the, the wording on the po- on the patch notes appears to be we are making those mining commodities um we're making the prices subject to, to su- supply and demand Basically, i already i thought they already just, were yeah, I think what they're doing is they're narrowing that supply and demand. So basically, when they're they're wanted, they're they're wanted at full price. But as soon as you know someone as soon drops as you off one billing. load, that's it. The price plummets. Is that what you're thinking, Mac? Yeah, the trouble is the patch notes aren't all that clear. Um, what I've assumed it's been, I'm going to have to test this to find out whether this is true. Is that the price will just like. Uh, if you do a community goal uh, where there's something very profitable, like the ones round Lave, that the, you know, the, just before the end of uh, where's it about November time, whenever it was, so you 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 sort of uh, you, you look on EDDB, you find a place of supply of whatever it is that's profitable, you go out there, and by the time you get there, because everybody else is doing the same thing, you find supplies exhausted. Mm-hmm. So that was already a thing for like buying stuff already. I think what they're going to do is do this on the demand side as well. So instead of like the price, say, changing once per tick or whatever, the price will change a lot more dynamically. So if you if you supply all the demands, then the next person to come along will, just won't find such a good price until the demand recovers. Yeah, okay. So, so that that is basically what, from from reading the patch notes, that's what I presumed it to be. But it's, we got to, we got to test that to actually figure out for sure because you never you never actually really know until you try it. Yeah, I I can I can see that um, on No Man's Sky, for example, if you uh, if you sell commodities in a station, um, if you if you set up like a mining um, base and you mine a load of Indian, for example, and then you go to a, a station and sell it. You will depress the price. You'll, you'll depress the price by eighty percent um, if you sell a not even a full load, like I don't know, like ten thousand units of them or something, um, which is which is not a huge amount. And um, and it takes days and days and days for it to recover. So actually, in terms of like making big money, finding it finding somewhere to sell is actually more hassle than getting the stuff in the first place. And like it's an open question as to whether that is a good thing or not. And in elite, I think people have got quite used to the fact that if you want to make big money, you um, you go mining. And I think that the state of wealth generation in the game is the healthiest it's ever been because um, now suddenly we're, we're if we if we want to make a hundred million, there is a an in universe non exploitative way to do it. Um, uh-huh. And I, I agree that it's unbalanced, and there are problems with it. Like for example, the core mining completely disincentivizes people from engaging with the other types of mining that you can do but it would be that like i'm not i don't particularly want to go back to the whack-a-mole of unintended exploits which which was the way that people made money when when they needed to before core mining if that makes sense uh just <laughs> yeah i was gonna um just question through your statement that says the uh money balance money-making balance is the best it's ever been. I don't think it is. I think the best it's ever been was just after launch and just after they nerfed the um, rare materials because then 
get even the getting the three hundred thousand credits for a Cobra Mark Three was a real sense of achievement. Yeah, and, okay, yeah, yeah. And and getting an Anaconda then was almost like I can't see myself ever having enough money to get an Anaconda. Whereas now it's significantly easier. So I don't think it's the best it's ever been. It, we'll have to see if it's improved or not, but I just feel it's very much the case of, well, the horse is bolted now and these alternate currencies like materials and data and things like that have now gained more importance than credits. Yeah, I agree. The two different questions, I think, and, and you're absolutely right and I don't disagree with you, um, but I, it wasn't quite what I meant. Um, I agree with you that in terms of the price of things and the perceived value of things, the game is best just before launch and we've seen so much price, well, not price inflation, but earnings inflation, that it's trivialized the, the progression system. Um, what I more meant was Elite has always, because, because Elite is full of expensive things like Anacondas, um, the, um, and the, the game is structured in such a way that we, are, that we, we view things like Cutters and Anacondas as, as kind of end game content that we are supposed to work towards. Um, there, there is a strong incentive there to make lots of money. And until core mining, the the best way to do that was through exploits that try as they might the devs routinely um introduced inadvertently into builds um like planetary scan stack stacking like massacre mission stacking and so on and so on the the good thing about deep core mining is that it's so lucrative that nobody needs to do that anymore that we don't need to play whack-a-mole with exploits anymore if you if you if you absolutely dead set on earning half a billion in over two days you can do so by deep core mining you don't have to go and do something you don't have to go and go and spend four hours board hopping like people used to um and i think that's a good thing because it accepts the fact that some people just want to make a ton of money and if they want to skip content to do it then fine power to them like it doesn't affect us um I, I I don't one one risk with the um, if we do if if it's harder to sell void opals for a good price we we do risk incentivizing people using those sort of exploits again and and the constant game of whack a mole that that entails. Yeah, it's just that I I do have um, a bit of a oh uh, maybe I'm just being a bit of an old grump on this one. I do. F- kind of hanker back to the the beginning of the days where you didn't have those either exploits or um uh, or uh, the void mining because basically that that f- that first bit going from sidewinder to to cobra uh, i found the most enjoyable part of the game once i've got past the cobra it it doesn't it doesn't maintain that same kind of um feeling of building your own your, you know your your next ship it, it just kind of opens up to having fleets and it kind of for me loses something a bit there i do feel that one of the problems was um the further when you were actually building up your ship and you you know you you started the sidewinder and you worked your way up to the anaconda when you started getting up to the big ships there weren't the missions there or the, that could pay for the the modules. The progression after after a certain point just went bananas, and I I do feel that maybe they should have had the mission system or, or have something gated to the ship level that you're in, so that you know 
once you start getting to the teenane and getting to the the anaconda then you have access to these big paying missions which would pay quickly for the for the equipment upgrades <laughs> sorry um thing is though i just want to talk about the exploits and stuff like that is in any mmo you will always get this whack-a-mole in the economy it's kind of like because players are significantly more inventive of finding ways around things than developers are of stopping them so it's always almost an arms race so it doesn't matter the multiplayer game on MO, you'll always get these gold rushes and it's always like a whack-a-mole. The, the other thing is, in, is it's a little bit like, and, and now I didn't read this in this evening's comment, is that um, I read in an article that apparently if you redistributed the wealth of the entire planet, then every single person on the planet would get around $5 million. Uh, but the, the point about that is if everyone on the planet got $5 million, it would make Ferraris, for example, as commonplace as Ford Fiestas. So therefore, the specialness of that Ferrari is completely diluted by the fact that every, everyone can get one. So I think, and that's a little bit like where the economy in, in Elite is, is the ships that we thought well, just not prestigious, but we looked forward to getting the, the Cobra, the Asp, the Anaconda. They no longer feel as though it's achieving getting them because regardless of the system you use, be it uh, core, uh, core mining or whatever it is, has now become so quick and so trivial, they lose their specialness. And that, I think, is the AC significant gap or failing of the elite economy. Now, what I had hoped was that fleet carriers would become the equivalent of the Ferrari for a player. But the way the price of them has been talked about is I'm not sure they will be at that level of expense to offset the rapidity at which credits can be earned. I don't think, um, I don't think anything... I, I don't think anything in Elite is... It's, it's, it's interesting that you make that point. It's clearly something that motivates you up the progression scale, whereas it never was for me. I don't I don't care how many people are listening. Um, and, um, and if you really want to be different, the way to do it is to fly an ASP scout. Um, I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> I agree that everybody... I agree that everybody, it, it's much easier to get up to the um, the cutters and anacondas. It interests me that that might disincentivize some people from buying it because it's certainly, that's not something that would have ever have occurred to me. Um, the, um, the, I think, I don't know how true this is of other MMOs um, and no doubt there is one in particular that we'll uh, soon be enlightened about. But um, uh, my suspicion is that the only real way that players can differentiate, differentiate themselves with, from each other is... Um, through cosmetics um and that goes for achievements as well as things that they things that they sort of buy um and you know therefore things like the decals for the the interstellar initiatives will be viewed as the way to you know they'll be the things that that mark a, um, a player out because late dangerous is a, is a very consuming game and its players tend to get quite into it and it's not hard to get the end game content and i don't think i, I think and, and also the, the, in terms of the game's lore it is structured so that every single player is part of a small, wealthy cadre of 
of elite pilots. You know, the Pilots Federation are the they're the top they're the apex and every player is a member of them it's it's not the the structure of, of the game is such that everybody is is the best of the best and um and and the wealth pyramid is is it isn't high enough to allow a group of players to to persistently mark themselves ahead for a long period of time right Shan, last point before we go to um an ad break okay um yes you're totally right about the cosmetic thing um, because cosmetics is, I believe, a powerful motivator to get people um, or to c- have people continue to play. The issue with Elite is, I think, is actually only one um, one example I can think of. But the issue with Elite is that there's no such thing as a special cosmetic item unless you happen to have been lucky and brought it from the store. Really, a test of logging on at the right time. So, cosmetic as a motivator is is, but how it's implemented, I don't think it's that powerful a motivator to get. And also, to be honest, most people play in solo. Of owning the world, you would get in an MMO where you turn up in what the hubs in legendary sparkly unicorn armor or whatever it is that says I've done everything in the game. That's lessened because unless it's interesting in the open and whatever, there just isn't that kind of procedure. I, I'm just thinking very quickly of asking Cow how he feels about having the cow skin. In game, is that something he's proud of, or is that something he would want opened up to other players? What's he? No, I can, I can answer. I mean, it's um, because of the nature of how it, I, you know, how I got it. The, then there's just no question of pride at all. It's a, it's a, a, an absolutely humbling gift from the community. So that's never so. I wear it with pride. Um, one of the things that we did sort of say to Frontier at the time is that if they wanted to. Um, sell that as a charity skin that that would be absolutely fine because I do think you know it'd be nice to see other people getting access to it but it's kind of one of those sort of, sort of what do you a, a kind of a moot point because it's mine you're not getting it screw you mine <laughs> so no my precious yes it's beautiful. It's a it's a wonderful skin, and and, and so yeah, it's definitely warm with pride. But you're right because it creates a connection with a ship. If you can customize it to something that's very personal, uh, like in most games, you know you've got the people that you know, play these games where you can customize your avatar. The first thing they do is go in and try and mimic themselves because they are projecting themselves into the game, and anything that allows that to be facilitated easily. Um, gives you a very strong connection to your avatar, to your character in that game. And then there's the other people, uh, just sort of Ben, uh, John Stabler, to mention a few, who the first thing they do when they go into a game is find the avatar with the biggest tits. <laughs> so, yeah. Really? I thought they were the biggest... No, never mind. Um... <laughs> <laughs> On that high-class quality quip, um, can we take an advert break, please? (laughs) 
This is a public service announcement from the Fuel Rats. Please stop what you're doing and pay attention. If we can rescue you, we will. But you can help us help you by following these easy steps. 1. Fly 50 light seconds or so from the system's main star and drop out of supercruise. 2. Note down the current system and the nearest stellar body. 3. If you're on emergency life support, log out immediately. 4. Go to fuelrats.org and click Get Help. 5. Stay calm, hold your breath, and let our seasoned professionals do what they do best. The Fuel Rats. We have fuel, you don't. Any questions? On the far side of the bubble. On the dark side of an airless moon. On the slightly more interesting side of a ravine. There lived the engineer. The engineer can make your lasers more powerful. Your engines speedier. And your gas tank really, really big. What do you want? I want fish. Wait, what? That's right, fish! Carp, char, chub, jack, loach, crabby, muckabate, brickleback, sole, snook, snake, tang, wahoo, wapagum, banjo, banga, snook, sole, shad, scat, come on by with the long nose cat. Noodlefish, nibblefish, northern squaw, hooma, hooma, nuka, nuka, wapa, wapa. What about Swedish fish? Why the hell not? Thanks, mister. You're in the wrong commercial. Well, shit. Fish, because, you know, space. And welcome back. Um, as everyone um, settles down, uh, we'll go to the wonderful world of the background simulation. Um, now, as everybody is aware, there has now been four new states put in, uh, which with Blight brings it to five new states. Uh, now, obviously, the first one on the list is Drought, which can... Uh, if this factions having trouble with water supplies can sometimes suffer from drought, which causes an economic downturn. We have infrastructure failure, which disrupts a faction's operations and reduces both security and economic standards. We've got terrorism, which uh, can target prosperous factions and results in a significant security and influence cost. Natural disaster. Oh, no, it's five including six, including Blight now. So um, we've got natural disasters and public holidays. Um, looking through this, it does seem that, say, infrastructure failure and natural disasters, do you feel that those are kind of critical roles, if you like, on the weekly tick? Well, I have to see, uh, because I'm sure the EIC's spread now we've got we i think we've just we've just got our 50th control system i'm sure we'll be seeing one of these states probably fairly soon so we're waiting and seeing 
to see right. to see what to see how much it really matters. And if it does matter, we could uh, well we might weaponize them. <laughs> <laughs> I see. So so basically, you're going to see if you can tr- uh, trigger terrorism and and infrastructure failures in other systems. Well, yes. I mean. See how they see, see if they work for our, to our advantage, and, and all the other states. Like you know, perhaps we can force somebody to have a public holiday. I mean, <laughs> you're, going to, you're going to try and cheer everybody up to a point where yes. they have a, a a public holiday. Yes. Yeah. But I think the, the um, public. This, sorry. Go, on, go sorry. ahead. No, no. Go ahead. Um, I think that the, the, these states are. Um, I'm, I'm really pleased to see this. This is actual. This is actual development rather than bug fixes. Um, so it's it's stuff we weren't um, expecting. So um, thanks, Frontier, if you're listening. Um, but uh, the um, the states, I think, are really interesting. The um, I think possibly they might be a response to the kind of the equilibrium of being in civil liberty and boom, um, and because that seems to be the point of the, the point of sort of least potential energy and, and when when factions hit that they tend to just sort of stay and a lot of these new states seem to be wild cards that can't be triggered are fairly unpredictable and just occur if um if certain conditions are met um which i think is really interesting and really cool and it means that um it could potentially mean that managing a faction becomes more of dealing with events as they arise rather than reaching that happy equilibrium and then moving on so it's a bit like the monster attack in sim city then yes yes precisely yes yeah, it's, it's, it's it's essentially an ai director in a in a fairly modern rts game yeah so, effect, so effectively this is tokyo just before godzilla hits yeah exactly Right. The one, the one thing that did interest me was actually drought, because surely at some points there are planets out there that have water requirements, but use up more water than they can actually generate or have delivered by the PGS. But in theory, because you've got a whole world, whole water worlds that are so much, yeah, I don't know. It's just kind of like. How can you be short of water when you've got a complete world of water? Well, technically, we, there's enough food in this entire world to feed the entire world. Uh, unfortunately, it's the distribution. It's, what yeah, I'm it's saying is, political so are you saying levels. that more people drink? Oh, sorry, Mac. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just saying it, it. It's it's like well, I'm hoping that uh, drought doesn't happen in systems where there is actually like a water world. Um, but yeah. If you think of like some of these dry systems, uh, which don't have, you know, you, you, there's quite a few systems out there where there isn't any easily mineable water uh, that the the droughts would happen there. Rather yeah, than- that, that, that's what I mean. I mean, you've got industrial capability, you've got um, refinery capability. That that kind of stuff uses water, but if if the planet itself there isn't much. You know, you're using more than it actually exists in the system. That means you're going to have to rely on the commanders to bring this the stuff in. Because I, yeah. I don't think, um, and it's probably going to spawn missions because already you get you get missions to you know to, to bring bring us water. 
yeah. even without the drought state, you get you get those kind of missions. So it'll perhaps be a driver of those kind of wing cargo missions. And talking of the, uh, you know, we were just talking about the void open mining, what have you, the deep core mining and making money. But uh, wing missions are also a good way of making money. And sometimes, for instance, we had one of our systems last week was in outbreak state um and this spawned a whole absolute ton of wing missions for bringing in stuff to do with the outbreak so potentially like the the drought state stack the drought stout the drought state could do the same kind of thing and uh for instance i, I saw like a bunch of randoms in type nines it was i i, I looked up because they were in a they were in a whip they were not in a wing in a uh, squadron I looked at some random Russian group, and they're all flocking to our system to supply it with medicines and whatnot because the the wing missions were just absurdly profitable. So they were make they were they were, they, were, they, were, they were making money out of missions just as well as you do out of void void opal mining with uh, type nines full of medical supplies. So I, with a bit of luck, things like the drought states and blight will kind of do the same thing. Uh, in terms of wing missions that gives the opportunity for people to almost like a mini automatically generated community goal kind of thing um Atris, you're next yeah i mean i was just going to follow up with what max said uh with regards to some of these wing missions that you can get with regards to maybe drought i mean might give finally us a reason to be ongoing mining in the ice ring for core materials but to actually mine water from the ice asteroids sometimes can um, and then as well as, uh, with public holidays and things like that, people are already reporting that, uh, it's actually a better combination to sell your void opals and low temperature diamonds at and pay night as well, because it's boosting the prices, something ridiculous. Uh, like I think the low temperature diamond is hot, like a single ton of low, uh, LTDs is hovering around 1.8 million. So yeah, it's much higher than that when we get the, tri- you know, what we call the Holy Grail, which is you know, boom civil, uh, boom civil liberty and pirate attack. <laughs> yeah, as Ben has just hinted, to remember the cant. Um, well, hopefully, no one explodes while they're ice mining, but you know, shit happens. It's a dangerous thing to ice mine. And <laughs> um, so, I mean the. I think we're all in agreement that the new BGS states are, are thumbs up. Hell yeah! I mean, it's all about it's all about the implementation. We've seen as patch notes, um, but broadly, like, yeah, I mean, that's deving. That's proper deving. That's not bug fixing or or is- issuing statements saying that they're going to announce something in four years' time. Um, that's proper making the game better. We're all yeah. for it. And, well, and the other no. thing about quickly about wing missions is we were actually having we were having a bit of discussion last week and we found what we kind of came to an agreement of on discord was like uh elite really comes to its own not pvp or pve but pwp player with player when you can get groups of you together to do stuff even if it's quite mundane the fact of doing it together Mm. Um, makes it a lot more fun. And so the, the trouble is Frontier kind of started out uh, in the early days by kind of doing everything to discourage player with player. They they would make it so you got less stuff if you did stuff in a wing or, you know, less whatever, whether it was less bounties or less um, elite rating or whatever. But a couple of patches ago, they relented on that and they actually made it so, you know, effectively playing together made you 
powerful as it were. So everybody got the same rewards. So everybody got the good reward for you know, and and it, it kind of encouraged player with player. So people do it now, and have discovered, hey, this is actually quite good fun. You know, doing this player with player stuff. So um, yeah, hopefully these states will encourage a bit more of that. Okay, Suvery. The um, yeah, it's a really well observed point that one. Um, that um player with player was was not particularly encouraged um i remember in one of the dev videos um one of the dev diary videos david braben said that um he he really felt that the original formula of elite 1984 um lent itself to an mmo game um because the the identity of your of your commander was was unimportant it doesn't need to be jameson um and um uh, and the idea that some of the ships that you saw flying around could be other players was um, really appealed to him and thought that it, he, he thought that it would add a lot. Um, that is the correct way to think about the development of Elite Dangerous. That that quote from David Braben is the correct way to think about um, the thinking behind Elite Dangerous. This wasn't meant as an MMO. This was meant as the original Elite game, but some of the ships you see will be flown by players. Um, and that explains a whole host of development choices, like the fact that power play is not, it's not guilds. It's never been guilds. It's essentially different flags that you can nail your color, you can nail your colors to and, and fly under for a bit and help out for rewards. Um, there are until, until a couple of patches in, there were no coordination tools for, um, for power play. There was no expectation from the devs that players would treat them like guilds or demand that they work like guilds. Um, but of course they did because that's that's what how on, online games work, um, and um, and it's the same thing that Mac just said with um, all you know you know th- th- there was no in- I, d- I doubt that the devs ever thought I'm going we're going to strictly disincentivize people playing together, but it certainly wasn't the way the game was designed at all, and a lot of the a lot of the perceived awkwardness with Elite comes from the fact that like for example a, a really well known good streamer uh, not streamer uh, YouTuber that I've watched a video of he, he reviewed elite dangerous and he in one of his takeaway points was you can't even transfer credits between players in this game what kind of mmo is this which is a brilliant point a really solid point and everybody in this in this in this chat will probably say well no we don't really want that but the point he's making is that you know what kind of mmo is this when you can't even it's transfer not funds between players and yeah it's absolutely yeah, ab- absolutely totally right and there is still that hangover in frontier from that original quote from David Braben, that really, at its heart, this isn't an MMO. It's Elite Dangerous 1984, in which some of the other sh- ships that you see are flown by other players. Any attempt to play it in a different way or treat it like a proper MMO doesn't work, and it, it, it's a route to frustrating gameplay, I think. Yeah, the the game type, I believe, that was described is... I think what is termed PVEVP, which is player versus environment versus player. And that's the VGS, isn't it? Because players effectively play against the environment and the environment is changed to work against players. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um... I mean, one thing that I do want to touch on is that one <laughs> one little section did jump out at me because I thought we were never going to see this again. There was bug fixes for power play. 
Yeah, I saw that. I, I, I haven't dug into that enough to know how significant they are. I know that some of the power players or one of the power players that I talked to a lot was was really positive about it. But I don't know how much of that was cursory. Thank you for remembering we exist. Um, and how much was genuine gratitude for improvements to, to Im- improvements that will really improve his experience. Um, but yeah. yeah, I mean, brilliant that brilliant. And, and they didn't. They didn't just read like bug fixes. Some of them looked like balance passes. They did, didn't they? I mean, yeah, um, which is I brilliant. Mean, looking at it, I, I did a quick comparison to the proposals that Sandro did, and I mean, there's not there's not anything there. It's obviously it's not gone open just before everybody jumps up and down and starts screaming. We didn't mention it. It's not got it's not gone open. They've just actually put a couple of balance passes through it. But I just thought it was actually nice. That power play actually got something because there are the, there are people out there that still play it, and those people that play it really play it. But um, yeah, I just thought that, yeah, nice thing to see. Um, I mean, do you think anybody's that they're going to follow up with this to continue to improve upon it, or is this kind of it for a long, long time now because it's been ignored for so many years? Mm. Now, that is an interesting point because it brings me on to uh, a question that I was going to ask everybody later. I mean, this is obviously the January update. We know that we'll be getting fleet carriers sometime maybe the end of Q2, beginning of Q3. That means six months before the next update, or do you think there's going to be another sort of bug fix patch somewhere around in March, April time? Well, we're getting a patch tomorrow to the patch this update, so does that count? (laughs) The patch for the patch. No, I was... um, Don't forget the patch after that. I'm not sure, Colin, asked your question, because the only releases they have talked about was a January patch and Mm. three carriers. You would think if they were saying, oh, we're going to do another bug fix... In Q, at the end of Q1 or whenever it is, I would have thought they would have said something because that would put people's mind at ease. There were more bug fixes coming. Well, they didn't actually, really say actually, anything about the January one until the beta was almost upon us. Yeah, well, actually, Shan, I got to I got to interject, interrupt you there because basically, this this is something that I was. This is why I put this question out there, because when Stephen and uh, Paige were doing their live streams um, a couple of days ago, they uh, they did hint that they were going – one of the reasons why interstellar initiatives were put on hold, if you like, is because they continued to work on bug fixes. Now, either we're going to get a whole load of bug fixes with the fleet carrier, there's going to be – maybe another one before we get fleet carriers. I just, it, it was just something that I caught the impression that I got from watching some of the live streams. I mean, I think it's probably safe to say that we are probably going to get another bug fix associated, bug fix associated with carriers. And then also go on the assumption that there will be a patch to said bug fix and update with fleet carriers. But in general, I'd be curious to see what they want to continue on and what they're going to continue to expand upon. Yeah, well, this is the problem because we never knew be in the uh, the January patch until we got the the beta in December. 
and you know a lot of people were were surprised about some of the stuff that came in there well we knew something was coming because they had a beta i mean it's with the beta though like if we go back and look at that we have an issue where it was only a week long and was that substantial enough to actually find everything i mean we've had this conversation before i'm sure about the length of the beta for this patch and yeah this is where we are today already with another patch coming tomorrow Shan, do you want to jump in there? Um, yeah, a couple of things to um, think about is, first of all, the beta was not long enough. It was a token beta. It was just to say, here's your public beta. Are you happy now? Kind of thing. It, was, it wasn't long enough. It wasn't structured enough um, to maximize the use of it. And that's just my, my view, I know. But it, it just didn't seem longer to do its job the other thing that does worry me and i don't think we necessarily need to answer it now but perhaps think about it is a lot of people seem to be placing a lot of faith and a lot of hope in firstly fleet carriers and the end of the year update as if it's going to somehow save the game and whatever it's very dangerous to build your expectations up on unknown release or unknown feature list. But well, everybody always does that. I'm, I'm afraid uh, this, this is one thing that uh, I think Frontier really do have to be made aware of, is that um, unless the new era is, is something pretty special to match you know, what's been happening in, say, No Man's Sky and Star Citizen, people will leave the game. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry to to say this, but there has been a very strong undercurrent where people are just getting uh, well, we've had a content drought for almost, it will be two years by then. And I mean, fleet carriers, although they might be big, I don't think um, compensates for um, compensates for how long this has been taking. And I think I I do think that if, unless this new era stuff comes out with something special, I mean, they have been working for two and a half years, so it, it'd probably be a lot better than, than um, well, I'm hoping it was going to be a lot better than, than I'm expecting. But um, like I said, it's, it's if, if they want to pull people back, it, it's going to have to be special. The, the the advice that we shouldn't get our hopes to, up too much is is sound advice, but it this is absolutely what Frontier have taught, has trained us to do. They have trained us to view the 2020 update as a silver bullet for the game. Um, mm-hmm. the, before it before it launched, it was all you'll be staying away on each other's ships and hunting dinosaurs and stuff. Uh, a year after launch, it was congratulations, well well done everyone. Um, we're we're landing on planets now. Um, that that sequence of events set a series of expectations that every year there would be a major um, there would be a major content uh, update and it would be paid and uh, and it would get us closer to that that um, that dream that was originally sold of atmospheric landings and space legs. Everything that happened after the after the end of the Horizon series is should be correctly viewed as basically a winding a winding down of of those expectations and 
so and for a lot of people the the entire beyond series was a bit of a letdown because you know nobody we weren't waiting for that stuff we were waiting for atmospheric landings and space leg um i i'm I'm not saying that's that's completely defensible like beyond did have some cool stuff in it but you you get my point um the um, it's also free yeah but that's also not the point um the uh and then 2019 absolutely nothing happened um apart from a load of bugs that again um a load of patches that broke the game you know and and since uh since the since the end of the beyond series frontier have been saying 2020 it's all about 2020 2020 is it's going to be so big it's going to be so great it's going to be so exciting so this advice that we shouldn't get our hopes up is absolutely diametrically opposite to what frontier have been telling us you know we are being trained to to view 2020 as getting back on track getting back on that on on that on on that um roadmap towards that dream that we were sold in 2013 and 2014 um as Shan just just pointed out, the fleet carriers were announced in October 2017 and will be out nearly three years later. Um, so I think I think the point of don't get your hopes up is a is a sound one. It is certainly it is certainly the opposite to what Frontier are asking us to do, which is to get our hopes up as much as possible and uh, and push our fr- our frustration with the pace of change with the, in the game into the future. Okay, well, I'm going to go with uh, with Atrus first, actually. Um, Oh, uh, okay. And then come uh, back to Sean, if that's okay. So, Aegis first. Uh, yeah, so I think just one of the key questions I have, because a lot of people are keep posting and talking about on Reddit and the forums that fleet carriers are going to be the thing that brings them back to the game, but I'm just trying to figure out still, and I kind of had this feeling when they announced it at Frontier, at Frontier Expo back then, was, uh, well, why? What is going to be so special about them other than being able to carry your fleet around? Is it... I've, I've, I've played quite a bit and, you know, I've never had felt the need that I need to have all my ships with me at any given moment. And on top of that, like, I kind of like the idea that fleet carriers are going to be for squadrons only and not for, uh, you know, for individuals. And totally agree. Yeah. I think like when we actually get them, people's expectations have exceeded, you know, and it will not be exceeded because they've built up in their mind what they envisioned it to be. And this is the problem we constantly have with this game is we build up things in our mind way beyond what you know we're actually going to get and i'm not sure if it's because frontier is not tempering our expectations more or if it's just you know our imaginations run away with it and you know we are convincing ourselves only that uh fleet carriers are going to be the next thing uh you know the next best thing since sliced bread in the absence of anything else that's all that players have to put to pin their hopes on though isn't it i guess but it's still a bit of a stretch to say oh yeah being able to take my ships everywhere is going to be the best thing that you know it's going to bring this gameplay back to them for me and yeah i i, I agree I, t- I totally agree with you i think there'll be a phenomenal for people who, who are pinning all their hopes on them i mean they're essentially a space station that you can own and there's a there, there is a limited list of things that we can do with those um I well, remember, okay, can, we, can, I, can we can we just go jump to shan here just sorry. yeah I, I i remember um when fleet carriers were first announced and uh we had the radio, radio live broadcast on it and I remember at the time asking the question, they sound fun, but what are they for? What's the point of them? And I think that may be one of the reasons why they've been delayed is because perhaps Frontier have been actually looking for, well, what's the point of them? It's almost as though someone had a great idea of fleet carriers and announced it, and then someone pointed out and said, oh, the Emperor's got no clothes on. And they've spent the next three years trying to work out what clothes the Emperor has. 
And I think, as as Azure said, I just don't see any point in them other than being a vanity item to say I am considerably richer than you. There is no point to them as an exploration thing. What we were told, five hundred light year jump range, but you have to refuel them. Well, unless it's quicker to refuel them than it is to, for a normal ship to do five hundred light years, or you need to get to some place and back again that is five hundred years. What's the point? Why would you take something that's slower to get to a place? It just yeah. Anyway, okay, Mac, did you have something to say? Yeah, uh, it's it's always marketing versus reality, really. I mean, uh, Frontier are going to cause GFX because they want they want to get people to like get on the you know, especially those without, especially the non lepers. Uh, to back it up. Oh boy! To, You've now to, mentioned the forbidden word. To 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 like plonk their money down and start pre because I'm sure there'll be a pre order on Steam or so. But you know that it it it's a paid expansion. They probably want to g up a little bit of expectation so people buy the damn thing. Um, so they're going to market it, and well, they have been working on it for a while. So, but I mean, I'm sure they'll be. I'm sure it's the usual cycle it's the reddit elite dangerous cycle uh and it and it it it's been happening for well since the game even before the game release what you get is you get between releases you you, you kind of get this this kind of normal background level of screenshots and people whining about getting ganked in community goals and people whining about getting ganked in in Shinrata and people whining about combat loggers, you get that normal background noise. Then as we approach a release, you get this ever increasing crescendo of hype that reaches levels that are just absolutely absurd. Then there's the release date. Then of course everything crashes in a heap of release date because everybody tries to log on at once. And then release date plus one, there's just mountains and mountains of salt as everybody enumerates every bit that didn't quite meet their expectations and then after a while everybody realizes well actually the game is it's fine i mean i enjoy playing it and people get on with playing it and we go back to the background noise of screenshots of asps in front of things and people whining about gankers and and that's just re- that's just repeated itself now with every repeat with every release cycle and i guarantee you it'll repeat itself with the big 2020 update and with fleet carriers for that matter um right but okay, I'm looking, well, I'm looking forward to fleet carriers anyway because I, it, it'll enable us to get uh, explore all those places which are like just out of range of everybody's shipping. And you know, right. anyway, the same thing yeah. could be said about an, an imperial cutter as well. You know, why bother? But you need something to bask in. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're, we're going to leave the the whole update stuff. Uh, and we'll probably come back to it next week because there's, um, as I said, they're, they're, they're doing another patch of the of the of the patch next week. Um, I mean, just quickly, I mean, Shan, you can if it's if it's quick because we are running out of time. Yes, I was just about to say um, it's a bit of a contradiction. What Frontiers say is that we don't want to raise expectations by giving you the information early, et cetera, et cetera. But by not giving us any clue at all, it raises expectations beyond what a release subject would have been about anyway. So it's not actually dampening the hype. It's almost increasing it, making any come down more dramatic. 
Uh, Cal? Yeah, I was no. just thinking, you know, the is it not like the hopeless addict? You know, it's, I'll give up tomorrow, I'll manage tomorrow. Or the diets at this time of year, where the, the reason why people get themselves worked up is not because they are excited, but it's to keep themselves and give themselves an excuse why they're still playing, you know? Uh, it'll be better, you know, it'll be better tomorrow, it'll be fine, I'll check it, it'll be good tomorrow, it will, it will. Uh, and it'll be better in this update. And the fact is, it will be. It'll be awesome. It will, because we'll all come in in our thousands and jump into the game, and then we'll reach that point where we think, well, have I done everything this new update has to offer? Probably. Okay, we'll just leave it there then. It's, it's all good. And then come back when the next update happens. And then say, well, that's me until the next update, until they reduce, they produce something better. And all the time, mm. you know, Frontier can't win. They can't, they can't win because we've got a community that are just want everything and it can't get it. And I hope that, you know, from the uh, message that was, I can't remember what it was, so it was some kind of David Braven message in the shareholders, which kind of gave me hope that, they're aware of the shortcomings and, and they've got they've got an idea and a plan of what they want to do and how they want to do it too. Um, so that you do have to have a degree of faith. But I think an awful lot of people are getting excited. I'll come back for the, these, these things because it's something new and they have just reached that kind of point in any game of any sort of type where you've played it long enough that you've kind of done... All the cool stuff. They kind of plateaued. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm one of the things. I mean, the, 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 the all these the ships and things don't bother me too much. I love my Type Nine, and I don't think I'll ever. Probably the cow skin's the reason behind that. Um, <laughs> but um, I can't see myself finding something exciting. I was trying to think what, what would be that thing that I would jump in and be desperate to see, uh, and it would be a lava planet. Landing on a lava planet is the thing oh, that makes yes. me salivate. Uh, and, you know, I hope that that will oh, God, yes. come. Um, but 10 minutes after landing on a lava planet, it's the same as that kind of, you know, the, the length of time it takes you to do, <gasps> that's stunning. The kind of, yeah. you know, that's it over. That's the... Because we're spoiled, we've played this for too long. We need to die and move on. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I'm, well, I'm, I'm going to tired of your logicals. I'm, I'm going to have to leave it there because we've got to touch on uh, some of the community stuff before uh, before the end of the show. Um, the other thing that should be mentioned at the moment is the Thargoids have suddenly come back. Uh, in a big way and they've gone and wiped out six systems already um uh, anti xeno initiative have gone and pushed back they managed to clear all six um systems in approximately four days which annoyed me because the system i was right next to got cleared before i could even get home from work thanks guys um but it does seem that the whole Thargoid cycle has started up again because um, not only have the incursions happened, but the Eagle Eye Network have uh, highlighted that infestations are, have started to happen as well. So in Atlas, HR1183, Electra, HIP1185, uh, Tigetta and Wellington, um, which is in the Witch Head, all those systems have been uh, targeted as an infestation where all the scouts come in and attack. And if you don't 
wipe out enough scouts, then that infestation turns into an incursion where the station starts to get hit. Um, this is this is obviously come in. They've actually had a Galnet article about the fact that Thargoids are back. Um, just quickly, guys, you glad to hear that they're back after five months? Yes, because it finally gives me something to write about for the Hutton podcast and have Cal <laughs> read it in a ridiculous voice. Ah, yes, I might even bring back the Free Alliance regional telecast just to cover this. <laughs> um, everyone else not bothered. That's fine. <laughs> what do you mean, a ridiculous voice? This is my bestest Atrius 5060 voice. Nothing wrong with this. And if you want to hear more, tune in to Hatton Orbital Radio on a Thursday night. At some point. <clears throat> coffee, coffee, tea. Tea, coffee. coffee, tea. Oh, no. Big constitution can't take it. I'm sorry, we've just been invaded by Beyond Dockers. We do apologise. We will try and get rid of said infestation as soon as possible. We're going to need a big can of raid. (laughs) Big can of raid. Um, Right, moving on from there. um, Now, I haven't seen this before. Uh, Ben... Can you explain to me what Game Glass for Elite Dangerous is? Yes, I could indeed. So Game Glass is a fairly new service that's come sort of from the Star Citizen world. Uh, it's essentially, you know how you... Um, oh, I can't remember the name of it. That, there was a product by Razer, I think it was, that basically allowed you to click things on your tablet and it would do things on your in your spaceship. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember what it was called, but it was, some, it, was, it was something. And there's been a couple of other things as well. And this is basically a very, very pretty and very nice and responsive version of that. Um, fingers crossed they'll be coming to LaveCon, and fingers crossed we'll have them on the show next week. Oh, uh, yeah, thank you very much. Ventura's just reminded me it's called Rocket Power Grid, wasn't it? Um and I, I never could get Power Grid actually working for me, but I know some people did. Whereas getting Game Glass working was very simple. Um, it just works. And it looks very, very nice. Um, and it also gives you a little bit of extra feedback. So not quite sure why I'd want this, but if I did want it, I could have it. Um, so instead of having like information about my target on my screen, it would be it's that can get mirrored over onto my tablet. Um, or information about the system can get mirrored onto your tablet. Um, you can go from press hyperspace or jump or any like your um, pretty much any toggle switch you want you could go off and do. Um, now it does come so there's a free version of it which basically gives you access to combat and your normal flight systems. And then they've got... The rest of it is essentially a service that is being developed, uh, and that's hidden behind a bit of a paywall, uh, which is either a monthly fee or you can just buy the plugin as a one-off, it looks like. Uh, So, so far, they've got mining and exploration. And they might well do more. They've got a whole load for Star Citizen. Um, but they've only just... I think the Elite stuff only just came out at the beginning of the month. Um, ben, have you tested yes. it? Have you tested yes. it? 
Yes, I've been using it all day today. Okay, so just a crazy idea. I'm going to have to try it. Mm. Um, is if you had a webcam pointed at your screen, yes, could you fly your ship from your iPad? I don't know, say at work or when you're out and about. No, because it's it doesn't give you your joystick and things like that. You know, it's literally just like it's your additional buttons. So in flight mode, you've got heat sink, silent running, engine boost, or you can switch between combat and analysis. Uh, you've got hyperspace, super cruise, obviously. You've got your throttle. Uh, you've got your landing gear, cargo scoop, ship camera, night vision goggles. You can control your pips. You can control what you're listening to. You can control. You can hide your HUD, your orbit lines, your lights. Um, over in combat, it gives you your targets. You've got your heat sinks, shield cells, chaff, and ECM. You can change your fire groups. You can select all your targets, and you can put, put away your guns. Um, yeah. And I don't actually know what's in mining or exploration because I haven't got them yet. Um, so basically, a useful addition if you've got an iPad then. A useful addition if you've got an iPad sitting next to you. I'm glad that they've got a bit of a business market. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think one of the things about Rocket Power Grid was it was always a case of, well, how are they going to make any money out of this? And they've obviously they've actually thought about this and like, how do we get paid if we're going to be developing this thing? And mm-hmm. you know, I can't fault anybody for actually wanting to feed the family. Yeah, especially um, for the developers. Yeah, yeah, I'm all for developers getting paid, being the developer myself. Um, I did run into a bit of a problem with the app. Um, I'm a bit of an awkward bugger in that my computer name is let's let's pretend my my username on my computer is called Ben, and my game files and my real home folder, as it were isn't in C colon user slash Ben, it's C colon user slash um, Ben Moss Woodward, say. Yeah, and that's where I've actually put everything, but Windows really thinks it's in C users Ben. And they were using things to go off and look for your log files in all the places it should be kept, as opposed to the actual place where I am keeping it. Um, but I was talking to them today, and... Very responsive uh, developers who you know helped me get things sorted, and you know we were talking about creating a, a property file which you could go off and do. It's like, well, we were talking about that, but then we figured we'd actually rather do it right, uh, which would just take a couple of days longer. I was like, yeah, that's fair enough. I can I can appreciate that. And then I went off and found a hack around to make it fully work anyway. Um, yeah, so, look, yeah. Yeah, so Game Glass, then, uh, you'd give it a thumbs up. I'd give it a thumbs up. Uh, it could use more functionality. Uh, for example, piece of functionality I think it could definitely use would be, you know how, you know Edison, for example? You know, if mm-hmm. they went off and included a HUD like that for it, that would be great. Um, also, I'm not entirely sure if this is a real good idea or a bad idea or what, but... You know how um, Ascorbius had an application to tell him the the height of things and how how high above ground level his ships were. I didn't, uh, but okay, uh, he did. Go on. <laughs> um, 
and basically they're using the XYZ coordinates that your ship has while you're over a planet, combining that with the planet's um, information that you've got about the planet, basically, and then it goes off and the system can go off and do the math. Right. And it can go off and say, ha-ha, you're flying at you know, 1,500 feet or something like that, or 500 feet. Um, right. Okay, well, it, it sounds like a useful addition, and it, the, it's got a, f- a free version for us to try out in the first place to see if you like it, then. Indeed, and, yeah. Right. Okay, then, <laughs> yeah. Mo- moving on from from there. Um, obviously, we're going to actually put in a community question, as per, per usual, but um, I, I think... Uh, we'll leave that this week uh, because we're, we're kind of running out of time. Um, Grant, you've mentioned this, but um, you said that the truckers are about to launch this major event with mugs. Are, are we all joining in with it, or is yeah, it, it yeah. just the truckers? It should be open to all. There'll be full details on uh, Thursday, I think. Um, there's a there's a frontier stream on Thursday, isn't there? There is a Frontier stream on Thursday. Last Thursday, it had Will and Danny on, Danny being the new project uh, manager. Um, he referred himself so to... Danny's the new Sally. Yeah, Danny's the new Sally, but he rever- he referred to himself as D-List. So from now on, um, I think everyone should refer to him as D-List, Danny. It did, it did seem to catch on in the chat room when we were watching. So, um, so is yes. that the sounds of D-list celebrity? You know, someone on Love Island or something like yes, that? Yes, effectively. He considers himself so to be the last Love one to be Island chosen. Danny, then. No, I think D-list Danny is still better. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, so, yeah, I think after the stream, we're going to be um, um, involved in the project launch and stuff. So on the... Watch the stream and then join us on Hutton Orbital um, Truckers TV, and we'll um, give you the information. But if you want more information, you can go to hot.forthemug.com. Um, I know this has been under development and testing for a number of, well, since Christmas. Um, and these things all do take time to set up, as you can imagine, and get the software to do what you want. And yeah, so hopefully we'll get some bug releases as well. Because that's the way you do it, isn't it? That's what development's about. It's about making bugs. It is. It's about making bugs. Yes, you're completely right. Uh, We'll also make a call out for the discerning commander who likes a bit of CQC action. If you want to uh, be able to arrange matches, then check out the Discord at uh, discord.me slash CQC, all one word. they were. They are very good. They can normally help you organise a match, even at soft at eleven a.m. on a Sunday morning, which is always impressive. Um, following Live Radio, we have, of course, um, a Galnet news supplied by the most excellent Commander Witherspoon. I wonder who he's going to have a go at this week. Hopefully, it's not me again. Um, and also, would like to thank everyone who's chipped in on the Twitch chat and. Anybody who's buzzed Ben. Unfortunately, nobody's actually gone for the Void Opal rewards for killing Ben this week, so yet again it rolls over. This is Suverine's Void Opal Bampy. What's the value on it right now? I don't know, infinity minus one. A very a very high and and desirable number. Is it like 125? Yeah, why not? Void opals. So if you want 125 tons of void opals, you have to kill Ben during during an episode of Lay Radio. 
And actually, they've kind of missed the boat because beforehand it would be a lot more profitable to hand in those word isotopes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How are you yeah. going to win? <laughs> <laughs> so, so when it comes to bounties and thievery, you snooze, you lose. Should have deployed those hard points a bit sooner. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> oh no! I think before we move on, um, anybody got any final business you want to to quickly raise before yes. I close out the show? Yes, go on, Matt. Dolphin is absolutely brilliant I, since the patch. I can start my frame shift drive from the exclusion zone of the star now without overheating. It's amazing. If you want to, I, I, fair enough. My, my dolphin was designed as a cool, uh, it was, it was engineered for coolness, uh, for exploration anyway. But if you want a small ship for exploration, do it in a dolphin. It's, it's, it is la creme de la creme of small exploration ships due to its fantastic cool running. I mean, you can you can scoop and go. You don't even have to wait to stop scooping before you hit the frame shift drive. You just hit it whenever. It's brilliant. You don't even get smoke pouring out of the vents anymore. Um, Fantastic. Well, the Dolphin was always a cold running ship anyway, wasn't it? But now it's now it's now it's just it, it is the uber cool running ship now. So it's, it's basically like brilliant. flying a block of ice. Yes. But it's still haunted by the sound of all the aquatic animals that were sacrificed to make it. Whenever it yeah. boosts. <laughs> this is true. Yeah, it does sound like screaming dolphins when you think about it. It kind of goes it kind of goes squee. Heavy <laughs> stuff crash into the back of it. <laughs> uh, I, I was actually I, I, Yeah, I'm just thinking if you loaded this thing up with rail guns, for example. Oh uh, that's a good idea. Well the trouble is it doesn't have very it, I don't think there's many. I've never put. I've actually never put weapons on a dolphin, so I don't know. But well, talking of talking of boost noises, the uh, I, I always like the uh, its bigger brother, the beluga, which has the uh, seatbelt fastened bong when you hit the boost. I thought that was the orca, but yes, Sorry, it is the orca, brilliant. Yes, the orca rather than the beluga. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, the dolphin is now just an, it's even better explorer than it was before. It's just fantastic. Right. Well, on that bombshell, uh, <laughs> that's it for another episode of Lave Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, then you can email info at laveradio.com. Hit us up at facebook.com slash laveradio. Tweet us at laveradio. Uh, you can join our Discord server by going to discord.io slash laveradio. We also have a TeamSpeak server where commanders come to hang out and chat. You can find that at teamspeak.laveradio.com. Um, it's had a bit of a reorganization when you when you go there, if you're an old-time uh, user, uh, so just be warned. Do get in touch if you have any questions or if there's anything you'd like us to discuss in a future episode. Um, Lave Radio is, of course, recorded live on a Tuesday evening at uh, half past eight and streamed out at laveradio.com com slash live so thanks to grant thanks to ben thanks to mac thanks to souverine thanks to shan uh and thanks to atris uh and also thanks to commander ventura waving waving the background so until next time commanders fly safe and if you can't do that fly dangerous no night steven not zach Thank you.
News Digest, 14th of January 3306. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, Galnet Cryptic Crossword coming soon. Tharg tries again. Starboat Sensation. Pilots Federation turns it off and on again. Galnet Cryptic Crossword coming soon. The Pilots' Federation has confirmed that it'll continue to publish news on the Galnet News site, despite the general lack of news in the galaxy on which to report. Quite how Galnet's pages will be filled, given the news vacuum, remains a mystery. However, such innovations as a galactic horoscope, a galactic cryptic crossword, and a galactic cut-out-and-keep-three-dimensional life-size model of Princess Ashling Duval are believed to be under active consideration by the publisher. The first Galnet article of 3306, about renewed Thargoid attacks, was published on the 13th of January, less than four weeks after the preceding one and the day after the attacks had been repulsed. It remains to be seen whether the team of writers and editors behind Galnet News will be able to keep up with a punishing monthly release schedule requiring them to publish 250 words every month. Tharg tries again. It's not easy being green, or having six legs, or looking like an oversized praying mantis. It's not easy when your long-established meta-alloy refineries in the Pleiades and in the Witchhead Nebula get attacked by furry little mammals from planet Earth. Tharg tried so hard, so hard to make it clear that he didn't welcome the mammals, inviting themselves round and helping themselves to his meta-alloys, which had taken so long for him to grow. He sent a load of his ships right into the heart of the mammals' so-called bubble to show them how horrid it is to have uninvited guests. He didn't cause any damage. Well, 
Perhaps he might have slightly damaged a few dozen stations, but it was nothing they couldn't fix quite easily, unless they were somehow losing their repair supplies. Did the mammals take the hint? Not bloody likely. They're still camped out on Tharg's front lawn in the Pleiades and in the Witchhead Nebula. They're still helping themselves to meta-alloys. Tharg held back for half a year, not attacking anything. But were the mammals grateful? Well, Tharg has finally lost his patience again, sending attack fleets to three systems in the Pleiades and to three systems in the Witchhead Sector. He ordered six stations, Artemis Lodge, Copernicus Observatory, Silene Orbital, Hannah Enterprise, Carrion Vision and Cheryl Orbital to be attacked. They're mainly Alliance systems. Tharg doesn't like that smug Edmund Mahan, who thinks he can be all friendly with the Thargoids after the Alliance sponsored the development of the Mycoid virus. Tharg isn't going to forget the Mycoid virus in a hurry. The odd thing is, he hasn't heard back from any of the six attack fleets. Everything has gone silent. It's almost as if almost as if they lost the fight in all six systems and all the ships were destroyed. That clearly can't be the reason. Tharg waits anxiously for news. And he's certainly not going to get it from Galnet. Starboat Sensation A concept drawing for the long-awaited new Moray Starboat has been discovered among a sheaf of old blueprints belonging to a shady character called Badger Attack. The Starboat, which can withstand both the vacuum of space and the high pressures encountered at the bottom of planetary oceans, offers versatility that no other ship can match. Part spaceship, part submarine, the Moray Starboat has been out of production for several hundred years, but the discovery of the blueprint reveals that its re-release in an updated, more modern and even more flexible form is a real possibility. There is a superstition that the more often the name of the forthcoming Panther Clipper is mentioned, the later its delivery will be. However, no such superstition is attached to the Moray Starboat, so we can talk about it as much as we like. As long as we don't mention the Panther Clipper. Pilots Federation turns it off and on again. Problems with the galaxy have led to the Pilots' Federation doing a complete reboot of all galactic systems to see if that helps. The improvements include The description of Alliance headquarters in Alioth no longer claims that it's the Imperial capital Achenar. Decals from the Mirror Image Galaxy are no longer available. Female crew members are allowed to speak for the first time. Helpful new system states such as terrorism, natural disaster and drought have been introduced, together with public holiday, which everyone in the Pilots' Federation takes off. Explorers will now find out sooner if a planet is likely to have interesting biological or geological features, although they'll still have to wait for up to 30 seconds to be sure. Explorers will also find that they can earn arcs at a rate of more than 20 per week. And when selling their exploration data, the details are no longer blank. Dropping out of supercruise on a wingmate's navlock actually works. 
Rubber banding is a thing of the past. Market demand is finally working correctly for low-temperature diamonds, painite and void opals. Markets are no longer obliged to pay top credit when they already have more than they need in the storeroom. Most importantly, commanders can now choose to let their crew members die far more dramatically if they were useless. Rather than simply blowing up if your ship is destroyed, crew members are now rescued by search and rescue teams, and you, as commander, can either pay to save them, or you can wave goodbye to them through the window of their escape pod as you turn off the life support. And that's far more satisfying. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news so you don't have to.